This week's sponsor is absolutely perfect for true crime fans, especially those of us that love a twisty, turny murder mystery. June's Journey is a game set in the Roaring Twenties. June's sister Claire and her husband Harry were found dead, and June is certain that they've been murdered. Now she must travel to New York, where her sister's estate was, to look after her niece and solve the mystery of Claire's death. You go along the journey with June, searching for hidden objects in different locations from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris, uncovering hidden clues to solve the mystery as you go. I'm already on chapter six and the mystery has gotten so good. I cannot wait to uncover more clues. I'm also loving how you get to customize your very own luxurious estate island. That's right. Let your imagination run wild as you decorate your island with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. My pool is literally insane. It has a waterfall. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android. I'm sincerely sorry about my audio, people, but your girl can't be flying with a mic, so I made the best of it. Hang in there with me because the content is gold. You know, the content's gold. It's great. The audio, subpar for sure. We apologize for MoGab's audio. I thought when I went to Paris, I thought I really liked French food. It turns out I just really like La Madeleine's. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have the quiche (laughs) and a good sandwich, you know? (laughs) I'll have a croissant and a parfait. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real-life creeps, from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Ogaf, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. All right, what is this, like, take 27? (laughs) Yeah, on location, but not the same location. (laughs) I almost texted you and then I got sidetracked to say that card on the bed behind you. I set it down there and I was like, no way the cats don't knock You left me a card? Did you not? Did you really not see that? No. I left you a thank you card. I stayed at your house. What do you think I am, a heathen? Oh my God. Oh, okay. No wax. I just like looked behind me and see this card. Oh, I thought you already saw it. I really thought no. the cats were going to, like, eat it or knock it off. And I was like, no way. They did not. Kay Willie, thanks so much for such a fun night of makeovers and photo shoots. Between that and horoscopes, it was really a good old-fashioned slumber party. It was. Yes. Good horoscopes and makeup. <laughs> best slumber party. That was the best slumber party of my whole life. Yeah, same. Not to mention you were, sn- like, over there snoozing. And I was or- I was trying to stay awake for Zachary to bring my... What a burger. What a burger, like one in the morning. Okay, so our night last night was my wonderful friend Destiny, who also happens to be Beauty Queen, came over because beauty we queen, desperately not the stripper. <laughs> we desperately wanted makeup advice. So I had bought all this new makeup. She came over, taught us how to use it. That was fun. Then we did our mini creep that was all about Mogab reading us our star chart. So that was fun. That dropped this week, I believe. So that was super fun. So I feel like this was – and then you spent the night at my house in my guest room. With your kitties. And you left me a thank you card in the guest room that I'm just now seeing. I'm so glad I got to spend some quality time with you and the kitties. 
Your home is perfect and adorable. You should be so proud of all you accomplished. So glad we reunited. Love you so much. Love, Mogab. Aww. Caesar. Caesar. Oh, you're so cute with your thank you cards. I love that you think that because Amelia was like, oh, what trash. I don't even have a wax seal or anything. I was like, <laughs> I almost didn't leave one. This was like, this is shitty of me. <laughs> but I was like, no confetti, no glitter tape, no metallic ink, <laughs> no wax seal. Jeez. Yeah, I was thinking all of those things too, but I, I was like, it's the thought that counts. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively, mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. If they are a good fit, you've got to figure out some way to fit appointments into your busy schedule. But BetterHelp takes away all of those barriers, and I'm so thankful. I love my therapist. I really feel like they took my questionnaire that I filled out when I signed up and really used it to match me to the perfect person. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. All right. You ready for the story? Yeah. Thank you to an episode of Oxygen's Deadly Cults. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to give you which episode. We'll we'll link it in the okay, show notes. because you already said one of my favorite words. Cults? Mm-hmm. And I know someone who's going to be very eager to listen to this. She has, she has oh, a cult good. problem. Like she's not Excellent. in one, but you know. This is a very different kind of cult. All right. It's July 15th, 2017 at 2.38 a.m. A 911 call comes in and it's a woman who sounds frantic. It's really hard to make out her story. She's not making a whole lot of sense. But the information that gets across is that her name is Barbara Rogers, and she needs police at 661 Laurel Drive in Tobihanna, Pennsylvania, in the Poconos Mountains, because her boyfriend had been shot in the head at their home. She said, my boyfriend had a gun. He told me to hold it here and press the trigger. Oh, my God, he's dead. Detective Lucas Bray was the on-call detective when the case came in. So he called his partner, John Borman, and they meet up at a gas station close to the house to listen to this 911 call after the operator sent it over to them. And based on the call, they really weren't quite sure what had happened. Wait. But the impression. They mm -hmm. stopped to listen to the, like, they, they, like, met up in a parking lot and stopped and listened, like, hung out for a second before, like, going and someone's been shot. They're not the first responders. They're the detectives. I was like, oh, they. Yes, I'm sure like paramedics and EMS and like police were already there. 
Based on the call, they really weren't sure what had happened, but the impression that Detective Bray had from the call was that the woman was like trying to get herself worked up by the way that she was speaking. And they still couldn't tell what exactly had happened. Her boyfriend was dead, but did he kill himself? Did she kill him? Things were really unclear. So when they got to the scene, Barbara, the woman who had made the 911 call, she appeared distraught. They had her wait in the car while they surveyed the scene, which was a studio apartment in a converted double-wide trailer that Barbara and her boyfriend, Stephen, had been renting. The entrance to their apartment was in the back of the trailer, and it was a really small room. There was only one twin bed in the room, and a man was on the floor in front of the bed with a bullet hole in his head and a large pool of blood near his head on the ground. It didn't look like the scene had been disturbed at all, except the detectives both said that the way the gun was laying on the floor, it looked like it had been placed there as opposed to dropped if this were a suicide. Okay, wait, whoa, we got got a lot of things. Okay, they're living in this double wide together. No, they are living in a studio apartment in a converted double wide. So they just have this like one room little studio in the back of a double wide trailer that's been like converted into separate apartments. Detectives could see that there was a star shape to the wound on his forehead, meaning the gun was pressed directly against the center of his forehead. And according to the detectives, that would be very unusual for a suicide. Really? I feel like that's what I would have assumed. It's very rare to point it directly into the middle of your forehead and then fire. Yeah, It's usually not how it's done. It's usually like to the temple. Yeah. Or in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go there, but. Right. Sorry. Detective Bray asked Barbara to come to the station to talk about what happened because they needed to understand her story. Bray's initial impression was that this was some sort of domestic violence situation, but he knew he was missing something. So he says he went into this interrogation with an open mind. When they got Barbara into a room at the station, they told her that she was not under arrest and that they just wanted to hear what she had to say. And this was Barbara's story of that evening. She said that her boyfriend, Stephen Minio, had been harassed by people on the internet for a while and that it was starting to get to him. That night, someone said something to him on Facebook about Barbara that got him really upset. It seemed like he was kind of spiraling and Barbara didn't really know what to do for him. She thought the best thing would just be to get him out of the house, away from the computer. So they went to a pub nearby. They had a couple drinks and Steve seemed to calm down. They left the bar that night around 2 a.m. And when they got home, Steve said he needed to practice shooting his gun. So he took the gun into the woods. They lived out in the Poconos Mountains. And the entrance to their room literally opens because they're in the back of the double wide. It literally opens up to these big woods. And people were always shooting out there or setting off fireworks, which seems completely wild to me that people are just like going out there shooting their guns. But their neighbor said no one even blinked an eye at the gunshot sounds. While Steve was firing away into the woods. At 2.30, though? Like, you can't... Why are we practicing at 2.30? Yeah. Two in the morning. You can't even see if there's, like, what you're hitting. Yeah. Also, that setup sounds beautiful, though. Like, the back (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in the Poconos. Like, yeah, it's nice. Nice wood view. Anyway, Barbara went with him, and he fired a couple rounds into the woods, and he asked if she wanted to have a turn, but she said no. But then when they got home, his mood seemed to just plummet again. She said he shoved the gun into her hands and told her to shoot him. What? She said they were standing by the bed. He had shoved the gun into her hands, and then he pressed the gun barrel against his forehead. Oh, I see. Okay. Put his hands around her hands, 
and told her to shoot him. And that's when the gun went off. And this is a shotgun? No, it's a Glock. Okay. She said she pulled the trigger, but only because he was like squeezing her hands around the gun. Yeah. Detectives did a gunshot residue test and her hands tested positive for gunshot residue, meaning she was holding the gun when it went off. But she hasn't denied. No, right. So the detectives ask her, what had made Steven so upset that night? And that's when they find out about Sherry Schreiner and her alien reptile cult. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but I'm picturing the woman, what's her name, from Tiger King. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. What's her name? Carol Baskin. Yeah. Oh, my God. How can I forget her name? That's who I just pictured. Looking into Sherry Schreiner is like the epitome of falling down a rabbit hole. She came out around 2001 to 2002, and now she's got like 19 websites, a podcast, a YouTube channel, but she never posts pictures or videos of herself. The only pictures people have of her are like very old pictures from when she was much younger. Like most cult leaders, she describes herself as a prophet of God, a very holy figure, a self-titled messenger of the highest God, and claims to be the granddaughter of the biblical King David. Like the biblical King David. Yes, I know him. (laughs) I know him. But she's really just a conspiracy theorist at heart. She sounds like a catfish. Not a reptile lady, but more of a catfish. (laughs) Right. Her cult started as a group on Facebook where she would like share her prophecies and her beliefs. Her core belief revolves around reptiles. She believes that anyone famous or powerful is not actually a human. They are a reptile or an alien in a human suit. No, I will not listen to this (laughs) any longer. This is totally true, obviously. And they go around dumping snakes down people's throats to scalp their (gasps) souls. And then I guess like take over their bodies and like make make a human suit out of their skin. Let's go back to the snakes down the throat. That's all the information I have about that. Down the throat? Down the throat. You're down just going to drop that throats. and not like give any follow-up. That's all I've got. It was in one article. I didn't really see it anywhere else. How do they think the human suit is being made? They're aliens, so alien magic. They're shapeshifters. Oh, God. The aliens are the, – the reptilian aliens are shapeshifters, and they can just shift into their human suit and into their lizard body. <laughs> this is some bullshit. It's a completely true story. She used her YouTube channel to put up like pictures and videos of celebrities to prove that 90% of everyone you see on TV is a clone or a synthetic robotoid. She uses the word psyop a lot. Mm -hmm. She says that out of every four humans, only one is real. One out of every four? One out of every four. They already run the banks, the government. They've taken over all the celebrities, everything. And at some point in the future, Satan will call them all to start the apocalypse. And this will be the new world order. Alien reptiles will dominate the earth. If one out of every four is a cyborg, no. A reptilian alien, possibly a synthetic robotoid or a clone or a psyop, but lizard people, basically. Yeah. Okay. That means there's a potential that either me or you are. Uh, we're only two people, so it, we're not four. I know, but four. I'm just – okay, but me, you, and then the two people that are in their car riding together. One of us right is now. a PSYOP, yes. Yep, you got it. 
This will be the new world order. Alien reptiles will dominate the earth, taking commands from the devil, and they'll put humans into slavery. And she says that right now we are at critical mass, meaning the apocalypse is, yes, right now, actually this was like 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, we were critical mass, meaning the apocalypse is coming soon. She had this very fear-fueled message about the new world order that she would blather on about on our weekly radio show every Monday night at Blog Talk Radio. I was like, how does she have a radio show? That makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah. Preaching about how all of her followers should be stocking up on guns and ammo to defend themselves and their families against the entities that want to kill them. And yeah, that I don't subscribe to. She, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe from SherryShriner.com. And she, <laughs> she was also extremely anti-Semitic. She would call Jewish people Satan's offspring. <gasps> and What? Yeah. Claimed that they were in league with the reptilians. One of the books she wrote, available on Amazon, was called Aliens on the Internet. And I will read you the blurb. Because I feel like this- Do you have this book? No, I did not buy this book. But I feel like the blurb gives a pretty good picture of what their belief system is. All right. The Lord has not left us defenseless. In the last days, two groups of 144,000 will rise up to battle against the Antichrist and the false prophet and to witness Yahweh's salvation to the world at a time when the world will be ripened judgment, destruction, and horror. There is nothing new about the NWO, the New World Order. It's the same type of government Lucifer tried to run as a high-ranking cherub before he rebelled against the Most High God, before he lost his rank, kingdom, and even home planet. Author Sherry Schreiner reveals the terrifying reality of aliens in our midst in Aliens on the Internet. She exposes Lucifer's alleged tactics of using the internet, chip implantations, abductions, and how to fight back by deactivating those implants and stopping abductions. Is Sherry Shiner the reason why everyone thought their COVID vaccine was putting a chip in their arm? No, but she would have believed that 100%. 100%. She would have. Is she gone? Yeah, she died like last year. (gasps) Yeah, spoiler. Oh, I got so many questions for her. (laughs) Don't we all? Don't worry. Her message lives on. I am. I am. (laughs) Screaming. First of all, Lucifer don't know about the internet. (laughs) (laughs) You know what my belief is? Uh My belief is that Lucifer is the reason. Lucifer is responsible for taking .edu away from Facebook. Yep. And all the chaos that he has created for just opening that up. That was absolutely the work of the devil. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yes. That was the worst thing to happen to me in my entire life. Well, I guarantee you yeah. that Sherry Schreiner thinks that Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard in a human reptilian. suit. Yes, a reptilian. Honestly, I, you know, there's like a defining moment in your life. Mine was sure. like before .edu Facebook, I, mm-hmm. you know, like, yep. and then after. Yep. Like, that's the defining moment in my life. Yep. <laughs> When, when you did say, though, that she thinks, like, one in every four people you see on the internet is the – I'm like, yeah, 90% of celebrities, 90% of celebrities and, like, people in power, they're already gone. They are lizards in a human suit. But one out of every four humans, just like us average Joe okay, regular right, folk, yeah. one out of four. Well, speak for yourself. It, no, one like out of four Joe. is human. One out of four is human. So three of them – 
Three of them are lizards in a human suit. Yeah. Wait, go back to that. Do you think it was really that or was it the other way? Because that means the two people in the car that are listening to this right now. And she you and says I. out of every four humans, only one is real. So that does mean <gasps> one of us, one of us ain't real. One of us ain't real. One of us ain't real. Well, you know, I'm not reptilian. I don't got that tight ass skin. Mm, <laughs> me either. Look at this. <laughs> I can't get over how good this story is right now. I don't want it to end. She also reveals how churches have been used to bring about Lucifer's rise to power and how America has become the home base of operations. So that's why it's everything's terrible here. America is the home base for Lucifer and his aliens. Today, the governments, militaries, churches, and religious television networks of the world work in cahoots with Satan behind the scenes to help bring the world under his control. The saints are under attack. What a good word. I just, this the imagination and the, like, ability. So, like, well, I'm sure you'll get there. I need to know about her followers, this follower-based situation. Well, that's where we're going. Because you want to just say, oh, look, crazy people believing in stuff straight out of a 1980s B-horror movie. But she has, like, almost 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. Like, these are followers that believe her every word. That's about how many Scientologists there are in the entire world. A B-horror movie. What a great description. If this was a horror movie, Paris Hilton would be in it. You know? Like, that's where we're 100%. at. 100%. Then she'd mm-hmm. be, like, the protagonist. But then at the end, like, at the very end, like, maybe even a credits roll scene, she, like, she, she like pulls that zipper down and reveals her lizard <laughs> self. <laughs> and then she winks at the camera and says, that's hot. <laughs> Between the Geico lizard. I can't handle That's this. a gecko. He's oh, so cute. I know, but that's how I picture Paris Hilton as a reptilian. Sherry Schreiner would tell people that the only way to stay truly safe was to follow her because her followers were the only people that we would be protected in the New World Order from the alien reptiles in the human suits. She would also say all the time that she wasn't a cult or a cult leader. She was just a woman living in the backwoods of Ohio that loved the Lord and was trying to kill off evil aliens. She said, what makes us a cult except we hate Satan? We're fighting against Satan. And she insisted everything she said was biblically based. I assure you mm. it's not. Except for, yeah, I was just going to say, I, don't, I must have skipped the chapter where everyone was lizards in, in human suits. She believes the only defense against these aliens and demons, because there's also demons, there's also vampires and witches. Like, she throws a lot of words out there. Yeah. Sounds like a Twilight book. <laughs> we got the werewolves and the vamps. <laughs> she believes the only defense against these aliens and demons is something called Orgon. O-R-G-O-N-E. Her followers even called themselves the Orgon Warriors. And this is so far out of my realm of expertise, but I did look into it to try and see what exactly Orgon is. And I believe I have this right, but anyone out there, feel free free to correct me, please. So from what I understand, which I learned from a listing for Orgon devices on Etsy, <laughs> Orgon energy would be synonymous with like chi energy. Mm-hmm. It's an energy that can exist in a harmful, neutral, or positive state. Orgon devices usually look like rocks, and they're used to concentrate that energy. They're made with alternating layers of organic and inorganic materials that'll concentrate the orgon energy, and adding quartz to the formula will convert the orgon from a harmful or a negative state to a positive state. 
Is this like crystals? So it's similar. It seems similar. So there are a lot of uses for Orgon and it kind of seems like people use it in the same way that like crystal people use crystals. These are some of the uses that you would use Orgon for. It can create a positive environment, get rid of negative energy. It can help plants grow, promote a happier mood, protect against electromagnetic pollution and radiation, and help you sleep better. But the use I need that. I need every single one of those things you listed. <laughs> I know they're selling them on Etsy for like 10 bucks. So but the use that most interested the Orgon warriors, I think, was that an Orgon device can protect against and repel malicious entities. So the Orgon warriors believed that they could use Orgon devices as the best way to repel the reptilian aliens. But again, Sherry would also talk about vampires and witches. Later, oh, wow. when Stephen Minio and Barbara Rogers moved out to the Poconos, he would like have Barbara drive him around the mountain and he'd just like throw organ devices out of his window to like spread it around to like protect the area. Okay. So he followed Sherry. Yes. So let's get into Steve Minio. Okay. He had been a really shy kid when he was younger. He was socially isolated and he turned to these online communities. And soon he considered himself a truther, which is another way of saying a conspiracy theorist, but they call them, they don't call themselves that. They call themselves truthers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I always wondered what they called themselves. Right. When he was 17, he was looking for like-minded people and he found Sherry Schreiner's Facebook group and he was all in. He was one of her first followers on that Facebook group and Sherry took an interest in Steve and would act almost like a surrogate mother to him, though they would never meet in person. Sherry was very protective over her private life. But over the next 15 years, he would become one of her closest disciples and her most devoted follower. Sherry would give him advice. She was like a mom to him. For all that time, all those 15 years, he lived almost entirely online in this virtual world. Most of his social contacts came through message boards, Facebook posts, and YouTube videos. Steve was pretty much always unemployed, and he supported himself by digging up old computers in the trash and fixing them up to sell on Craigslist. Oh my goodness. He had this friend, Charles Benacasa, who was interviewed in the Deadly Colts episode I watched, and he met Steve in 2010. And he said that Steve didn't come across as creepy or illogical. He'd seemed relatively normal. But then he'd start talking about shapeshifters. Is that another term for the reptilian people? Yes. The fact that they didn't know who was a reptilian and who was human made Steve really paranoid. And he wanted to be like a prepper. He wanted to be prepared for the New World Order. And Sherry had told her followers that mountain areas were going to be the safest place. And she specifically suggested the Poconos to Steve. She said they'd be safe there from martial law and safe from any New World Order machinations. Sherry told them all that they needed to prepare to leave the cities and head for the mountains. So that's exactly what he did. He always knew when the end came, he was going to go to the Poconos and he was going to survive. He is not like oh, us goodness. with the zombie apocalypse where we're just like... <laughs> He's not just like running out to the middle now. of yes. Sherry just kept saying, the time is now. Go to the mountains because Armageddon, the New World Order, whatever you want to call it, it was coming. In 2011, Barbara Rogers found Sherry Schreiner on Facebook. She was the one that had made the 911 call. Uh -huh. She'd had a really tough couple of years, especially in regards to her mental health. 
She was an army vet, and while she'd been in the military, she'd met her second husband, Joel Rogers. They got married, and they lived with Barbara's daughter, Elena, from a previous relationship, and everything was really good for a while. But then Joel and Barbara had their son, Gabriel, and things got really dark. Barbara went into a psychosis, and she obviously had a really hard time dealing with it. She would call the chaplain on the army post and say, you need to help me. I think the demons are trying to get me. She went through a serious depression and became suicidal. She really wanted to die. One night, she took a bunch of pills and told Joel that it was over. He said he was calling an ambulance. And while he was on the phone with the ambulance, she got a bottle of bleach and just started drinking from it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, Barb. I know. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and given a medical discharge from the army after serving for seven years. But things just got worse because maybe she didn't have bipolar disorder. Maybe she had like postpartum psychosis and depression and needed to be treated for that. But anyways, things got worse and Barbara eventually got a divorce. Her daughter Elena found her diary and discovered that Barbara had always had this obsession with good versus evil. And she considered herself like a messenger of God. She got really into conspiracy theories. And when she found Sherry, she really liked what she had to say. So these people that are finding Sherry and following her, they're not coming to her and just hearing all of this for the first time and saying, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, there are people uh -huh. that already kind of are on that mind frame and then they find her and they think she's speaking the truth. Fit, yeah. Yes. So Barbara saw Sherry as someone else who was really close to God. She found Sherry on Facebook and she'd ask her questions about things and Sherry would always respond to her. Quickly, Barbara felt like she was part of Sherry's community, this community that she'd built online. She felt uh -huh. like she had finally found her family. She saw Steve commenting in Sherry's group, and Barbara would, like, leave comments on his post, and they started talking. Oh. Yeah. This is before you could, like – oh, no, this is after you could poke. Remember poking? poking has been there from the very beginning. I can't believe yeah, I it's still there. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's not. Oh, I'm about to go poke a ton of people. I think it's a little more hidden than it used to be, but yeah. Despite Barbara being about 10 years older than Steve, they hit it off right away. They were both really excited to find someone that also believed in this ideology, and they even started visiting each other. Barbara was Steve's first relationship. Really? When Steve got really serious about moving to the Poconos, he asked Barbara to come with him. She said okay, and she dropped everything to move to the mountains with Steve. They found that studio apartment in the Pocono Mountain area of Pennsylvania, and as soon as they moved in together, they started referring to each other as husband and wife. Is that easy? What the hell? <laughs> Steve <laughs> considered them married, and he said they don't need the government for that, but he would refer to her always as my wife. Their relationship might have seemed odd, but it worked for them. I do need the government for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, I will be. That piece of paper is very important to MoGab, so. And piece of jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> piece of jewelry. <laughs> and love of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dog. That's implied. Barbara felt like their relationship grew stronger every day in the Poconos because it was just the two of them together all day. Yeah, quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that went. Yeah. So Steve and Barbara. It's really make or break. Right. So Steve and Barbara are perfectly happy in their alien reptile cult, living together and being married, kind of. But then 
seemingly out of nowhere, Sherry Schreiner just completely turned on them. What? It seemed to have started in April of 2017 when Barbara posted a picture of steak tartare on her Facebook page. Do you know what steak tartare is? Yes. Yeah. If you don't know, steak tartare is basically raw hamburger meat. Have you ever had it? No. I had it when I was in Paris with my dad. I didn't really know what it was. I was like ordering at this restaurant. Uh, Is steak tartare like a French meal? I didn't realize that. I'm not going to say yes for sure. Like I'm positive it is, but it was like a big delicacy when I was there. So I believe – And that's when you tried it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's when I tried it. But I didn't know what it was. I He just said it's like hamburger meat. He might have said raw hamburger. He probably said raw hamburger meat. But I was thinking like a raw steak and I was like, oh, I just found out I really like those, you know? Told that (laughs) story. So I expected that I was going to be getting something like a hamburger. So I ordered it and I discovered that it is not something like a hamburger. Uh So anyway, Barbara's caption of this picture of steak tartare said, this is the best thing ever with cut up minced garlic. I just crave raw meat all the time for some reason. I know some are grossed out by it, but it's a delicacy to me. And Sherry Schreiner flipped out over this post. So Sherry can see she's like Facebook friends with all of these people because I'm assuming she's not posting this in the group. No, she just I think she just posted it on her personal Facebook. She was just like, I like steak tartare, which is a widely eaten meal. Okay. And Sherry absolutely flipped out over this. She Okay, because you know what? All drama starts on Facebook again. <laughs> I feel very vindicated passionately about yes. this topic. <laughs> Pre.edu and post.edu. Yes. The world was a better Mm -hmm. place when that was more exclusive, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, mine specifically. (laughs) Sherry created a post that said, what kind of Christian girl goes around ingesting raw hamburger meat? And she seemed convinced that Barbara was a reptile alien in a human skin suit. But she's not. So she is saying that, like, you are this. What does she call her people? Oregon warriors? Well, she doesn't call them that. They call themselves that. So what does she refer to, like, her people as? She's not a cult leader. She doesn't refer to them as anything. She So just her her pals. So her, her pals, pals yeah. are also Christians. Everything she says, Mogab, is totally biblically based. This is all in the Bible. All of it. All of so it. So she's assuming if they're, like, her pals, they're also Christians. Right? I mean, that's, like, the... The assumption, then. I don't think like it's an assumption. I think it's a necess- I think it's a necessity. It, like, why yes, would you follow me yeah, if yeah. you weren't? You know, okay. because uh, she's basically thinks she's like because it's it, and I never heard anything about like Christian theology, like the actual like mythology of Christianity, like Jesus. Dying, never heard of any of that. Just Satan, just the apocalypse, and God, and the apocalypse, but not no four horsemen no like not actual the, not revelations right just apocalypse just the, yeah. right that's the, the the chapter that the the catholic church cut out was apocalypse and it was all about the lizards and the human suits obviously obviously which if someone's got a copy of that <laughs> in the dead love, sea scrolls some light reading on my flight home life doesn't happen bi-weekly so why should payday the money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. 
Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine, but the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pro's proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. So after this, Sherry repeatedly referred to Barbara as a witch and a reptile. It's like she's it's like they're synonymous. She said that the picture of the steak tartare, she said the picture came from a Wiccan website because it had an egg on top and feces next to it. And that this is all normal to Wiccans because they eat what? feces. And Ew. no, first off, they don't. First, no, they don't. And first off, the picture that she used, like if you Google steak tartare, almost all of the pictures that show up on Google image look exactly the same as the one that she posted with like the same things posted around it, none of which are feces. So again, it, it's. The pictures that you find on Google Image of Steak Tartare, it, it's like she grabbed from there. It, they're exactly the same. They all look the same. They all have that egg on top because it's traditionally yeah. served with an egg on top. And there are like around it capers and pickles and anchovies. No mm -hmm. feces on the plate. Yeah, gross. But it put this idea in Steve's head that Barbara could be a reptilian. <gasps> he reached out. She said I crave. It wasn't just like a... I crave it. Like, but like crave people say stuff like that, you know, like I crave yeah. Jimmy John's. 
That's you. You're the only person that says that. It me. This is a plain ass <laughs> sandwich <laughs> that they never cut in half. Even I don't I, want them to cut I, it in half. I want it so weird to me. Long because I peel the it's bread off the top. I eat that sandwich like a psycho, like a complete psycho. Like I eat a banana. I have to get the bread left in because they like to rip out the bread on the inside. And I'm like, hello, do I look like somebody that doesn't eat carbs? No, I thought you had to ask for it scooped out. No, I have to get the bread left in because I peel off the top layer of the bread before I eat the rest of the sandwich. So it's just like a soft. Uh Uh-huh. There's no like. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Everyone, so do good. not do that. So she can get her soggy. Delicious. <laughs> it's not soggy. It stays fresh. If this was all on your dating profile, like if we had a swipe to become friends, if you that was like the sound way you did it. Like my mother. She's like, like left. Do not tell, do not eat this sandwich in front of any man. And I'm like, I don't live my life for a man. Please. Yeah, don't do that. You definitely eat it in front of a man, but wait till you're a good two years in and you're in a messy bun and sweatpants. You start ripping that <laughs> bread you, off. Then you eat that banana sideways. <laughs> yeah, that's all. They like it. That's great. That's a good one. Okay, so Steve is like really worried that Barbara is actually reptilian because Sherry Schreiner is telling him that that she is. And this is his like prophet. This is his messenger to God. Like he really believes that. Her for what, like 15 years you said? Or yeah, 15 years. Since point, he was yeah, 17. So that's your like formative years, like your late teens, all of your 20s. He's like 32 at this point. He has no reason not to believe her, you know? Right. He was her like closest, most devoted follower. And so he reached out to a friend of his, like an online friend named Lori Alexander, who was not in Sherry Shriner's cult, but she was really into biblical prophecy. Mm -hmm. And he asked her if she thought Barbara was a reptilian. And Lori was like, of course not. She tried to prove to Steve how full of crap Sherry was by pointing out things she said that went directly against the Bible. When Sherry okay. claimed- I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> yeah, Sherry claimed to be a prophet of God and very biblical. And Lori asked Steve, find me a passage in the Bible about a magic rock that will protect us all from aliens and demons, like Sherry claimed Orgon would. And he right. never could, obviously, because it's not there. Did he try? Do we know? Or is he just like, I don't have to do that? I mean, he's going back to Lori to, like, ask for her advice. So I don't think that he is just dismissive of her. Mm-hmm. He probably was looking and he's just thinking, I can't find it. I don't, you know, I'm not the mm-hmm. the prophet. God's not speaking right. for me, you know. It was in the lost chapter. Yeah, because Steve remained loyal to Sherry. But he was loyal to Barbara, too. And so he started going through a crisis of faith. Her followers had been like dogging him for a while. And he went to Sherry and he asked her why her followers were accusing Barbara of being a reptilian. And Sherry responded, because she eats raw meat. He told Sherry that he has organ. He's like, but I have organ in our house where we live together. And if she were a reptilian, it would have killed her or it would have repelled her. Right. He told Sherry that the Heavenly Father knows that Barbara is not a reptilian. He said to her, Sherry, we have been friends for a long time and I've always supported you. Out of all due respect, I take offense to this. I know. I'm surprised you said that. And he's calling her like their 
friends. It's like, I feel like that's something I would say to you, not something I would say to like my pastor. No, they're like really my... close. Like she would give him life advice. Like she was, she was like a mother figure to him. But they like talk on the phone. They've never seen each other in person. Does he know what she looks like? No, because the only pictures that she's ever posted are like these really old pictures. So he doesn't. Mm. I don't think they talked on the phone because all of these messages were like, you could see them. They were like private messages. But yeah. A month later, this feud over the steak tartare is still raging on. Barbara posted on her Facebook page to address the allegations and she said, I like to try exotic foods and I will continue to do so. It's fun and does not make me some inhuman entity. To think I am is quite laughable indeed. So now she's like mm-hmm. questioning the whole thought. Yeah. Oh, completely. She's, she's like, like wait, wait if you're going to tell everybody that I'm a reptilian and I know that I'm not, then you're full of crap. Do reptilians know that they're reptilians? Like, yes. Is it like one? Yes. Okay. So they know that they're like in hiding. Yes. And sometimes their like lizardness will come out. Like she's got all these videos of Justin Bieber where supposedly she's like, this is proof. Justin Bieber is a reptilian lizard. You can see it in this video. And I watched the videos and you can't see him turn shapeshift for a second into a lizard. It's not there. You can't see it. <laughs> Appreciate you checking that though, just in case. Yeah, I had to, just in case. I had to check it out, you know. Steve thought he had to choose between the love of his life and God. He thought turning his back on Sherry was the same thing as turning his back on God, and he was really conflicted. But in the end, he chose Barbara. She couldn't believe that he had chosen her over his religion. Sherry's followers obviously took Sherry's side in this whole thing, and they just start coming after Steve and Barbara Huge numbers of people sending them threatening Facebook posts and messages. At first, Steve didn't really know where this harassment was coming from. And he went to Sherry and asked for her help and the cult for help, for prayers against this harassment. It never occurred to him that the call was coming from inside the house, so to speak, until Sherry got more vocal about her posts against Barbara. And he began to see her for what she really was. A con artist. I can't wait to tell you my theory. Okay. The realization that it had all been a lie was really hard for Steve. He'd spent 15 years truly believing the lies Sherry Schreiner was selling, and he felt betrayed. He felt angry, and it really changed Mm him. I mean, he moved out into the middle of the woods. Yeah. He, like, planned his whole life around this. So what's your theory? I mean, that's how he met Barbara. Yeah. Your theory about what? My theory... Is that, well, I guess maybe not like theory, but that Sherry is not actually Sherry because there's no photos of her. She's only posting these old photos. So some either like she died or I don't know if it's someone that knows her, but it's someone else doing all of this as her because they don't want to do it as themselves, you know? Oh. I feel like it's someone else. Like if I was going to make everyone think that they were like reptiles, I would do it as you, for example. <laughs> You know? <laughs> but it's like, do it as nobody, me. like, I'm nobody. Nobody would know who I am, so. Well, no one knew who she was either at first, it seems like. Right. So, I don't, I just don't know if it would make, like, a lot of difference. Well, not at first. But now she's dead, so that kind of ruins it all. Yeah, she is, like, who she says she is. 
So Steve went back to his friend Lori, the one that was big into biblical prophecy, and he told her that he was ready to expose Sherry Shriner. <gasps> yeah. His plan was to start making videos exposing Sherry for the lies that she told. He wanted to help make sure no one followed in his footsteps and got sucked into her cult. Okay, so wait, this all came out. This is all from the steak tartare post. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what was the final straw? Just she kept accusing Barbara? Yeah. Yeah. When she kept calling her a reptilian and he realized he started to kind of doubt it and wonder if she was and then realized, no, of course she's not. Like. She's this person that I love that I've been living with. I would know if she was a reptilian. I have Oregon all over the place. She's driven me around, helped me throw it out my window. Isn't there like a zipper for the human suit? No, like you. It seems to me more like a. uh, They shake their head really fast and then they're a lizard. Oh, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Lori warned him. She told him that if he did this, there would be no going back. Sherry's entire following would come after him. And at the time, that was like 20,000 absolutely devoted followers. But he didn't look at it like that. He looked at Sherry's community as his community, one that he'd been a huge part of for 15 years. Yeah, that's a long time. That's like basically half his life. Yes. 17, 15 minutes after your life. Yes. The the important years, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. By leaving and making the videos to expose Sherry, he was trying to get his community out into safety, and he wanted to deter people from getting in as deep as he was. But Steve did not know what he was getting into. All these people were mobilizing to defend Sherry. They were going to make him feel like he was doing something wrong, and they were going to make him pay for it. But Steve was set to expose Sherry Schreiner. Between May 29th and July 11th, which is four days before he died, he uploaded five anti-Shriner videos titled Sherry Shriner Exposed by Her Own Followers, parts one through three. Sherry Shriner is extremely desperate that she's been exposed, and Sherry Shriner supporters are mentally sick. He said that the people who followed Sherry were no longer truthers. They had turned into worshipers of Sherry Shriner. And I think it's that sick yeah, alliteration, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point of mm-hmm. like, at some point you're not following the belief system anymore. You're, you're following, following this person. Like, the leader. Yes. Not the same, but that's how I feel about Alabama football. Let me just say, at some point I'm like, is it really this school and this team? Or am I now just obsessed with Nick Saban? A little bit of both. <laughs> but I do believe that that's what happens to people, you know? Like you really think that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm buying into the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Now you're like really backing the person. Yeah. Immediately after putting the first video out, her followers started their attack. They sent Steve strange death threats, saying that they would come to Steve and Barbara's house and drink their blood and feed his blood to Queen Sherry, which to me, if anything, sounds more like a vampire reptilian alien than Barbara's steak tartare. Yeah. They would send them messages like death threats with pictures of their house attached to the message. Enough with the death threats, people. For real. Which just elevated the fear factor. You know, this is a picture of my house. On May 30th, 2017, Steve ended up calling the police to report these harassing messages. And good for you. 
They were able to figure out that the pictures of Steve's house had come from Google Street View. So it wasn't someone like standing outside of his house and like taking the pictures. Yeah. So police just figured someone was playing a prank and trying to scare or harass him. But they didn't think someone was actually going to come and try to drink his blood, which probably is true. But it's still weird as hell. And mean. Steve tried to act like he was taking it well, not just all the harassment and the messages, but this was his entire social circle turning on him and calling him Uh the most hideous things. He was spiraling. Barbara said it was very hard for her to watch Steve descend into this madness, and it was like his whole world was crashing down on him. His friend Lori told him to disengage from the internet for a bit, and Barbara encouraged him to do the same. But Steve couldn't really imagine having a life not online. Like, that had been his entire life. Yeah. And it all came to a head that night when he'd gotten more messages that just seemed to feel like the final straw to Steve. He got the gun, shoved it into Barbara's hands, pointed it at his head, and asked her to pull the trigger, according to Barbara. Because according to Sherry's teachings, if you complete suicide, you're destined for hell. So he wanted Barbara to do it. Oh. Barbara explained as much of this as she could to the police during her interrogation. It seemed like when she was talking in this interrogation, like she was still confused and like shell-shocked about what exactly had happened. Uh She said she loved Steve. He was her whole world. She never wanted to kill him. (sighs) Barbara was detained while detectives went to process the house. They wanted to find the trajectory of the bullet, which had like lodged itself into the mattress of the bed. So they put Uh a dowel rod into the mattress that followed the path of the bullet. And they saw that it went in an upward angle. When Barbara said they were, they had been standing. Now it's like from where the bullet landed, it went up, meaning that Steve would have to have been sitting on the floor when he was shot and Barbara standing in front of him. The angle made it look more like an execution than what she was saying. Oh, wait a second. <gasps> Barbara is not also Sherry Schreiner. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you know how to spell steak tartare? No, I know. That's not what I think. Oh, what do you think? I'm not telling you. Okay. You're an opinion bully. Yes, please don't tell me what you think on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm at first... I thought when you first started telling me the story, I was like, oh, I do not trust Barbara. She's shady. Mm -hmm. Then I obviously really felt sympathetic towards her. But now I'm thinking that did she kill Steve because he started exposing Sherry? Even though they were coming for her for the sake of Tartar, was she still kind of like into it? And that's the story we're getting. No, Barbara had completely left. Like, oh, yeah, she had she was out. Well, then I think that her story is true. Once she had to start defending herself against I like exotic food. So, yeah, GTFO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mind your business. Detectives were able to follow Steve's digital footprint and see all of the harassment that he'd been experiencing online. They discovered videos that Sherry made that were specifically about Stephen and Barbara talking about how Barbara was going to hurt Stephen, and Sherry was just trying to warn him. Detectives were very interested in speaking with Sherry, but they found it very difficult to track her down. They sent her emails, they called her, no response. But she was putting out statements left and right on her blog, her YouTube channel, 
She said, they're trying to spin it that I'm responsible for Steve's death. No, Barb is. I tried to protect Steve. I tried to warn him about Barbara Rogers and he wouldn't listen to me. He thought I was insulting his wife when I was just trying to protect him from her. I knew what she was. He began to realize what I said about her was true and that's why she killed him. To protect her lies and keep her secrets. I warned Steve Minio. She was a vampire, witch, reptilian, super soldier. And now he's oh dead God. because he wouldn't what? listen. What a title. A vampire, witch, reptilian, super soldier? Like, sign me up. Yeah. To what? be one. I don't want to, like, meet one. I am Slytherin. House. <laughs> yeah, you are. So police went back to Barbara to interview her because the crime scene didn't seem to match up with what she'd been saying. And details of her story kept changing specifically about where they'd been in the room, sitting, standing, etc., and how exactly the gun had been fired. At first, she said the gun was a couple feet away from Steve when it went off, but police could see that the gun had been pressed against his forehead. But Barbara didn't really know what to say. Every time she would tell her story, detectives would just tell her that she wasn't being truthful. The one thing about her story that never changed was that she told them that Stephen wanted her to shoot him, She said he put the gun in her hands and then told her to shoot him. But detectives were certain she had murdered him. They said this wasn't an accident. This wasn't a suicide. She pulled the trigger. But why? They said, usually if someone you love tells you they want you to, they want to die, you don't just kill them. Steve's friend Lori had talked to him the Thursday before. And according to her, he was not suicidal at all, but... You cannot tell that about a person based on a conversation four days before, especially somebody that's been spiraling like this and going into a depression. She said he had been gearing himself up for the final battle and said he was ready for this to end. But Lori said she did not read that as suicidal. And I'm like, he's ready for this to end? Yeah. He's gearing himself up for the final battle? Lori. Can't put that on you, though, you know? No, I'm not putting anything on Lori. I'm just saying she's trying to say that Barbara is lying about Steve being the one to, like, tell her to shoot him because she talked to him the Thursday before and he wasn't suicidal. And I just don't think, like, I don't think you can say that for sure. Mm -hmm. You know? So detectives continued to gather evidence, but they knew they really needed to meet with Sherry Schreiner. They wanted to know why Sherry didn't trust Barbara, if there was any merit behind that. And I'm like, she thought she was a reptilian alien, and you're trying to see if there's ma- – okay. Detectives. <laughs> Appreciate you trying to do a thorough job. <laughs> yeah. They emailed her again, and in February of 2018, she wrote back. And in the email, she seemed perfectly happy to talk to them and even offered to meet them in person. I'm a little annoyed they, like, were waiting for a response. Can't they track – her blog, you I mean, there's like I she's like in the middle of the backwoods of Ohio. I, but I feel like you can still track an IP address. I don't know. I just think it's weird. They're like, well, we'll just wait for her to like return our call. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do more to track her down because I agree. I thought that was weird too. And another weird thing is that in the episode of Deadly Cults, they said that this meeting never happened because she had a heart attack and died. But Sherry Schreiner had a heart attack in January of 2021 of this year. Oh, my God. Two years after sending this email. It was even after the trial. So I'm not sure why they weren't able to meet with her at the time, but I'm guessing it's because she just kept giving them the runaround, you know? 
Honestly, it's probably a good thing because I could see myself like looking up some stuff on YouTube and the next thing I know, she's got my email address. <laughs> mm-hmm. But without being able to interview Sherry, they couldn't get the answer of why Sherry didn't trust Barbara. But again, this is literally a person that believes there is video proof of that Justin Bieber is actually a lizard in a human suit. So I think putting any sort of importance on her opinion of Barbara is not the way to get evidence against Barbara. She didn't trust her because she thought she was a reptilian. Sherry even told NJ.com that, quote, when the demon manifested in Barbara, if it was the demon or a lizard, if she had both, a human's no match for that kind of supernatural strength. She's not somebody that can testify against Barbara. I understand what's happening. Barbara? (laughs) Detectives were never able to pin down a motive for why Barbara would have killed Steve. And this was important, even legally speaking, because the difference between first and third degree murder in Pennsylvania basically comes down to motive. To get first degree murder, you need a specific intent to kill. So motive comes into play there. They charged Barbara with first and third degree murder, which involves killing a person without premeditation, as long as it didn't happen while they were committing another felony. Oh, yes. That's felony murder. We talked about that. Yes. The penalty for third degree is usually 10 to 20 years in prison, which is a lot different than first degree murder, which is either death or life in prison without parole. Mm Mm-hmm. Barbara was offered a plea deal for third-degree murder with a sentence of 10 to 15 years, but she declined the deal, and so they went to trial. (gasps) Barbara's trial began on March 26th, 2019, and lasted three days. There's a reptile alien cult involved here, and they were still able to get it done in three days, and we got Jodi Arias blabbing away on the stand for 18 days. Out of her four-month trial? Yeah, she got to talk for 18 days. That wasn't the whole thing. Like, that was her monologue. Yes. I'm hoping it was so quick because they were like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Barbara insisted that Steve's death was an accident and that she did not mean to or want to kill him. The defense's main argument was that Barbara didn't realize the gun was loaded, which I don't think is a really great defense because Barbara was in the military for seven years and should have realized the gun could have been loaded. I did, like, I went back and forth on this a lot. I ended up texting my one of my best friends, Leslie, her husband, Sean, who's been in the military for one million years. And I was like, can you tell if a gun is loaded by holding it? And he's like, not always. And I was like, should you treat it like a <laughs> Should she have been known? Yes, the answer is always Should yes, she have known from that. being seven years in the military, should she have known to treat a gun as if it could be loaded? And he was like, absolutely. So not to mention they'd just been shooting it out in the back. So unless she really checked it, like she knew that there were bullets in it. She couldn't have been sure that there were no bullets left in it without checking it. Mm-hmm. So she should have treated it as if it were loaded regardless. So the defense that I don't like that defense. The prosecution said that the shooting was not an accident and that Barbara could have prevented Steve's death. What do you think? I feel like she was probably, if he was really holding her hands down and there there was a struggle, which could explain why the trajectory is weird. They're like struggling. She's pushing, you know, he's falls, you know, like there's, it's not just like a quick little I agree I I believe Barbara's story I think this was a very chaotic incident that happened very quickly I think Steve flipped out grabbed her gun shoved it into her hands I think he had his hands wrapped around hers pointing it at his forehead like she said 
From that point on, I don't know what happened. But I know that I don't think she wanted to kill him. But do I think she could have prevented it, like the prosecution is saying? Maybe? But we're talking about a tussle with a loaded gun. And, it, and I mean, I don't know how big they are in comparison, but, you know. She's small. Cool. He's not like oh. a huge guy, but she's very yeah. small. Yeah. I thought for a while that the gun couldn't have just gone off, like, poof, it goes off. But according right. to my weapons expert, a.k.a. best friend Leslie's husband, Sean, he says some guns can have hair triggers that are sensitive and easy to pull. And so I was like, could a Glock have it? Like, I was really trying to, like, figure this out. And he's like, all guns are different. I can't tell you that. So if that was the case with this gun, I could easily believe that she accidentally pulled the trigger during this whole ordeal and it just went off really easily. I thought it was a lot harder to pull a trigger. It, I think it should be a lot harder to pull a trigger. And again, I'm sure this whole scene is very chaotic. Steve is probably mm-hmm. screaming at her. She's, She's probably, probably screaming crying, back. Yeah. Careful. It's a very small space. They're probably tripping over shit. They're right. Like, got a small double one. And she's probably like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. But Barbara was found guilty of third degree murder. <gasps> what? And sentenced to 15 <sighs> to 40 years in prison. So that's where oh, she God. is today. Oh, I, don't, I feel conflicted about that. I do too. It's like I Sherry caused all this, and I know that she died, but now it's just like, what about all the people harassing him? Now they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. No one's held responsible there. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think that Barbara should have just walked. I think there's too many questions about like how this gun yeah, went off there. and all of that, but I do believe she didn't want to kill him. I don't think she wanted him to die. And I think like when she's like all these discrepancies the police are saying, if you look at the tape at the interrogation video and i obviously didn't watch the whole thing but there were clips she really seems confused and she just went through like a truly traumatic experience like when they're saying you told us that you both were standing and she's like we were both standing and they're like but it's showing from below he was sitting on the ground and she's like okay maybe he was sitting on the ground like i don't know i'm confused i think it's like a tussle like i could see if if we're fighting over something we're like Really tugging at something. And then like, maybe if he's I'm going down, mouth. that's how the trigger right. gets pulled, you know? But it's like, you or don't it's have... like she's twisting his hand out and then the gun's pointing, you know, like if you're trying to get something out. And all of this probably yeah. happened in less than 60 seconds, you know? And you don't have sure. like a video to rewind and watch the slow mo recap to really recall exactly what happened and where you were and where you were standing. Yeah. You know, I don't know. My recall is zero out of 10. As as you know from storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Sherry Schreiner insisted that it was not actually Barbara that had been arrested. Sherry is still going. In a video, she showed several pictures of Barbara to show how different she looked in each picture, proving that she was actually a lizard person. She said that the Barbara that went on trial is not the Barbara that killed Steve, and she wants original Barbara tried for the crime. Yeah, and then Sherry died. But Sherry Schreiner's death was not the end of the Oregon Warriors. Her daughter took over her call, and her following is now bigger than ever. Her daughter's got some new recruitment tactics. Yeah. I'm surprised her daughter's not like, wow, mom. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the story of the murder of Stephen Minio. I'm very sad for him and for Barbara, but that story was very interesting. I know. (laughs) It's wild. You better watch out. You're going to have uh, Oregon Warrior 
on your For You page. And that TikTok <laughs> sounds like it could be interesting. Maybe so. Yeah. Wow. One thing I didn't mention was that it took Barbara 20 minutes to call the police. And I think that played <gasps> into some of like... Seems like a piece you should have told me. <laughs> it never seemed to fit. And they I, they only mentioned it like one or two times in like everything that I read. But I do think that it came into play at her trial a lot. But one of she his... probably didn't get cell phone service out there. And she's like... Well, one of his crying. friends said... First of all, if she was waiting 20 minutes to like come up with a story or something, she obviously didn't do a very good job. He thought it was 20 minutes of her like hysterically trying to figure out what happened, probably sitting on the bed hyperventilating, like just freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I – the 20 minutes – I have a few more questions about the trajectory of the bullet does nothing for me. Like, Mm -mm. you're in a tiny space. Yeah. A dowel rod is not like, you know, a very accurate. Yeah. I I think it's just a really tricky case because I do believe that she killed him. Yeah, she didn't deny that. Yeah, I also do not believe that she meant to kill him or wanted to kill him. Yeah. And they never found any evidence that she had any reason to want to kill him. Like, he was taking her side against his prophet of God, like, against his whole religion. Which is, like, I mean, I hate that they were even in this whole thing. But, like, I feel like that's really huge. I would have expected him to be like, sorry, girl, go eat your exotic foods and be single. Yeah. I got this thing. Yeah, me too. That just makes me wish sometimes I'm like, the internet and Facebook and when people get together and all believe something. And do something crazy like, oh, I don't know, storm the Capitol or, oh, I don't know, like think that everyone's a reptile. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's a breeding ground for like craziness. I hate it. I know. I know. I hate it too. Well, do we have any shout outs? Of course we do. First shout outs in 2022. 22. I'm feeling 2022. (laughs) These are first shout outs of the year. These are the first shout outs of the new year. Yes. Okay. Well. I didn't know. Okay. Major shout out time. Shout out time. All of our favorite patrons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mogab, we haven't talked about our Patreon this entire episode. People should know. What are we doing? No. People know our spiel. You better sign up. Get the good stuff. All those people that keep telling me they're going to sign up. How do you get a shout out, Mogab? First, all the people that keep telling me, I'm going to sign up for your Patreon in 2022 in the new year. This is your reminder. Go sign up right now. Stop what you're doing. Go sign up. All the people that tell me. This is how you get your shout out. This is how you get extra bonus content, like full length episodes and mini creeps that are not just about true crime, but like about all of the things you wonder. Like, what are Kristen and Mogab's star charts like? Oh, what we just talked about that on Monday. What are their secrets about the Waffle House? Like, what do they really think about Fast and the Furious and Vin Diesel? Like, all of that. All of that's on information. Yeah. But we also have full-length bonus episodes. Like, we did the true story behind the movie Compliance about the McDonald's strip search phone call scam. We did – yeah, I've had a tough time through that. We did the true story behind the movie Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez about the strippers that mm, steal from men. (laughs) Don't give it all away. Make them sign up and find out. All right, all right, all right. So if you would like a shout out, join the Patreon. These fine folks already have. So are you going to take it away? And we love them very, very much. VV much. Our whole little tiny black heart. You're going to start us off? Yeah. All right. 
Jenny Saxena. Excellent. Thank you, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Major shout. Major shouts to Becca Holm. Do your best, smiley face. <laughs> I'm always trying to do my best. That was my best. And the only reason why I didn't actually say it Holmes was because you said do your best and I was really focused and I realized it wasn't Holmes. It was home. So. I feel like, yeah, that was like a silent L. Natalie in Houston H-Town, a fellow DG sister. Oh. Anchors up. Anchors up. Laura Lou. Laura. Laura Lou. Laura. Laura. No, not Laura. Laura. Laura Lou. Thank you, La- like Laura. And last, but certainly not least, Fallon. Like Jimmy Fallon, but not. Fallon, who just sent me a Fallon. text of desecrated cookies <gasps> the other night. <laughs> I know Fallon because she helped us pick out our sticker size. Correct? She did. We needed, we needed the advice from the kids. Thanks, Fallon. So if you want a sticker like Fallon picked out <laughs> and like she's going to get now. Yeah. She maybe already did get it. Yeah. Uh, you should sign up. All right. That's it. Thank you so much for listening, for being a listener of True Crime Creepers. We love you. Thank you so much. You can follow us on all the things at Creepers Pod. We're on Instagram and our Facebook discussion group. Those are the places where you can really find us most often. We're also on Twitter. We hopefully are going to be getting on the TikTok soon. We'll see how that goes. Listen, don't post your steak tartare in our Facebook discussion group. But if you do, you won't get bullied here. Okay. Please post your steak tartare in our discussion group. You will absolutely not get bullied. And I want to see, how do you serve it? Creeperspod at gmail.com for any suggestions and Jimmy John's gift certificates made out to Kristen. And follow us uh, so you'll be notified as soon as our next episode drops. When else I'll know another wild story, but probably not as wild as this one because this one... Yeah, this... This one was wild. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to dinner and I can't wait to get my family like, what'd you talk about? I'm like, listen, <laughs> I got something to tell you. So, all right. That's a wrap. A Christmas present wrap. Ooh. Bye, peeps and creeps.